Chapter Five of Calatan, Our Little Alaskan Cousin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Calatan, Our Little Alaskan Cousin by mary f nixon Roulet, chapter five a monster of the deep the big bear occupied considerable attention for several days he had to be carefully skinned and part of the meat dried for future use alaskans never use salt for preserving meat indeed they seem to dislike salt very much it had taken ted some time to learn to eat all his meat and fish quite fresh without a taste of salt but he had grown to like it there is something in the sun and wind of alaska which cures meat perfectly and the bear's meat was strung on sticks and dried in the sun so that they might enjoy it for a long time it seemed as if the adventure with bruin was enough to last the boys for several days for ted's hand still pained him from the porcupine quills and he felt tired and lazy he lay by the campfire one afternoon listening to calatan's tales of his island home when his father came in from a long tramp and looking at him a little anxiously asked what's the matter son nothing i'm only tired said ted but pelican said porcupine quills poison hand well in a few days so your live cactus is getting in his work is he i'm glad it wasn't the bear you mistook for an alaskan posy and tried to pick i am tired myself and mr strong threw himself down to rest daddy how did we come to have alaska anyway well that's a long story said his father but an interesting one do tell us about it urged ted i know we bought it but what would we pay the indians for it i shouldn't have thought they have sold such a fine country. Calatan looked up quickly, and there was a sudden gleam in his dark eyes that Ted had never seen before. Sinklets never sell, he said. Russians steal. Mr. Strong put his hand kindly on the boy's head. You're right, Calatan, he said. The Russians never conquered the Flintets, the bravest tribe in all Alaska. You see, Teddy, it was this way. A great many years ago, about 1740, a Danish sailor named Bering, who was in the service of the Russians, sailed across the ocean and discovered the strait named for him and a number of islands some of these were not inhabited others had indians or 
eskimos on them but after the manner of the earlier discoverers bering took possession of them all in the name of the emperor of russia it doesn't seem right as we look at things now but in those days might made right and it was just the same way the english did when they came to america the russians settled here finding the fishing and furs fine things for trade and driving the indians who would not yield to them farther and farther inland in seventeen ninety the czar made alexander baranoff manager of the trading company baranoff established trading posts in various places and settled at sitka where you can see the ruins of the splendid castle he built the russians also sent missionaries to convert the indians to the greek church which is the church of russia the indians however never learned to care for the russians and often were cruelly treated by them the russians however tried to do something for their education and established several schools one as early as seventeen seventy five on kadiak island had thirty pupils who studied arithmetic reading navigation and four of the mechanical trades and this is a better record than the american purchasers can show i am sorry to say one of the recent travelers in alaska says that he met in the country american citizens who never in their lives heard a prayer for the president of the united states nor of the fourth of july nor the name of the capital of the nation but who have been taught to pray for the emperor of russia to celebrate his birthday and to commemorate the victories of ancient greece in march eighteen sixty seven the russians sold alaska to the united states for seven million two hundred thousand dollars in gold it was bought for a song almost when we consider the immense amount of money made for the government by the seal fisheries the cod and salmon industries and the opening of the gold fields the resources of the country are not half known and the government is beginning to see this that is one of the reasons they have sent me here with the other men to find out what the earth holds for those who do not know how to look for its treasures gold is not the best thing the earth produces there is land in alaska little known full of coal and other useful minerals other land is covered with magnificent timber which could be shipped to all parts of the world there are pasture lands where stock will fatten like pigs without any other feeding there are fertile soils which will raise 
almost any crops and there are intelligent indians who can be taught to work and be useful members of society i do not mean dragged off to the united states to learn things they could never use in their home lives but who should be educated here to make the best of their talents in their home surroundings that is one crying shame to our government that they have neglected the alaskan citizens forty years have been wasted but we are beginning to wake up now and twenty years more will see the indians of calatan's generation industrious men and women not only clever hunters and fishermen but lumbermen hoopers furniture makers farmers miners and stock raisers at this moment their quiet conversation was interrupted by a wild shout from the shore and springing to their feet they saw chetwoof gesticulating wildly and shouting to the tari who had been mending his canoe by the river bank Culloden dropped everything and ran without a word scudding like the arrow from which he took his name before ted could follow or ask what was the matter from the ocean a huge body rose ten feet out of the water spouting jets of spray twenty feet into the air the sun striking his sides and turning them to glistening silver then it fell back the waters churning into frothy foam for a mile around it's a whale ted sure as you live luck certainly is coming your way said his father but at the word whale ted had started after calatan losing no time in getting to the scene of action as fast as possible watch the tie called Salatan over his shoulder as both boys ran down to the water's edge the old chief was launching his kayak into the seething waters and to ted it seemed incredible that he meant to go in that frail bark in pursuit of the mighty monster the old man's face however was as calm as though starting in a pleasure trip in peaceful waters and ted watched in breathless admiration to see what would happen next clake paddled swiftly out to sea drawing as near as he dared to where the huge monster splashed idly up and down like a great puppy at play he stopped the kayak and watched then poised his spear and threw it and so swift and graceful was his gesture that ted exclaimed in amazement i e clake best harpoon thrower of all the slickants said Calatan proudly watch ted needed no such instructions his keen eyes passed from fish to man and back again and no movement of the tie escaped him 
the instant the harpoon was thrown the tyee paddled furiously away for when a harpoon strikes a whale he is likely to lash violently with his tail and may destroy his enemy and this is a moment of terrible danger to the harpooner but the whale was too much astonished to fight and with a terrible splash he dived deep deep into the water to get rid of that stinging thing in his side in the cold green waters below the tyee waited his grim face tense and earnest it might have been fifteen minutes for whales often stay under water for twenty minutes before coming to the surface to breathe but to calatan and ted it seemed an hour then the spray dashed high into the air again and the instant the huge body appeared clake drew near and away went another stinging lance again swift and oh so sure of aim this time the whale struck out wildly and Kelatan held his breath while ted gasped at the tyee's danger for his kayak rocked like a shell and then was quite hidden from their sight by the spray which was dashed heavenward like clouds of white smoke once more the creature dived and this time he stayed down only a few minutes and when he came up blood spouted into the air and dyed the sea crimson and Pelotan exclaimed pierce his lungs now he must die there was one more bright lancing weapon flying through the air and had noticed attached to it by a thong a curious-looking bulb and asked Calatan, what is on that lance seal-skin boy said Calatan. we make the bag and blow it up tie it to the harpoon and when the lance sticks into the whale the boy makes it very hard for him to die after a while he dies and drifts ashore the waters about the whale were growing red and the carcass seemed drifting out to sea and at last the tyee seemed satisfied he sent a last look toward the huge body then turned his kayak toward the watchers on the banks if it only comes to shore said Pelotan. what will you do with it asked ted oh there are lots of things we can do with a whale said Pelotan. the blubber is the best thing to eat in all the world then we use the oil in a bowl with a bit of pith in it to light our huts the bones are all useful in building our houses whales were once bears but they played too much on the shore and ran away to sea so they wore off all their fur on the rocks and had their feet nibbled off by the fishes well 
this one didn't have his tail nibbled off at any rate laughed ted i saw it flap at the tie and thought that was the last of him sure tie much big chief said Kalapan. and just then the old man's kayak grew near them and he stepped ashore as calmly as though he had not just been through so exciting a scene with a mighty monster of the deep End of chapter five